record on this computer. <clears throat> And you can hear me okay? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, I'm on a, since I'm on my computer, I don't know how the audio, how good the audio is with these speakers, but yep, that's sound good. good. Okay. Good day, and welcome to another episode of Discipleship Bible Study Group, or DBSG as we're known. I'm your host, Brother Rob, and with me is my co-host, Brother Fred. Say hello, Brother Fred. Hello, hello, hello out there. And if you haven't listened to our podcast before, we explore the issues of the word, the Bible, and Christianity through the lens of technology, astronomy, and science, as well as a little bit of philosophy, sometimes thrown in as well. So it's a good mix here that we offer. And we explore topics that range from international to personal, to national to political. So we kind of explore everything here. And today we're continuing an exploration of an episode that we started in our previous episode about revelations and times. Well, we that man is destined to fail. Did I get that right or was it man's destined to fall? Why mankind will fall, will fail. Why mankind Sorry. will fall. Will, oh, why mankind fail. will fail, yes. Okay, yes. so I'm gonna say that part over again. Okay. In our previous episode, we explored revelations and in particular, looking at why we're seeing the signs and symbols of why mankind is going to fail, according to what we can interpret from the Bible. And in our first series, we kind of laid the groundwork in terms of some stats and information that showed our world going in a direction that, to be honest, has been prophesized in the Bible. And we kind of link the two between what we're seeing and what we have read to give us a clear picture of what we can expect. And so today's episode is a continuation of the exploration where we're interpreting the groundwork that we started and looking to see what conclusions we can draw from them. So with that said, I'm going to hand it over to Brother Fred, who's going to give us a more in-depth wrap-up of last, last week's episode. Well, I guess I've become, in this series, a two-part series, the Edgar Allan Poe of the two of us, Brother, Brother Rob, because so. the information we went over <laughs> last week, listener, if you didn't hear it, please go back and listen to that podcast, was downright disheartening and scary. Uh, basically, anywhere between 2030 and 2050, to give you a good wrap-up, of episode one, our population on this planet is going to grow to the point that the earth simply cannot sustain us being on it. The amount of water, the amount of food, the amount of land, we will not have enough of all three of those to sustain the number of people who are gonna be living on this planet. So please, 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 if you haven't heard lesson one or part one, of why mankind will fail, go back and listen to it. Now, that being said, any true believer who knows the word of God has already read information in great detail because the Bible does explain why we're going to fail in great detail. It not only gives um, 
the who, what, why, when, and where. It goes over the whole in-depth who's going to be doing what at what time. And that is, to me, is simply amazing because one of the things you have to understand about the word of God to date, everything that has ever been predicted in the Bible has come true. So that being said, the future predictions <laughs> Very scary because we're talking about a time period where the wrath of God is going to be upon this earth. And God wouldn't unleash his wrath without having the right audience to unleash it on. And lesson two delves into who and what that, that audience or group of people or entities or beings are. So without any further ado, Let me throw a question to you while we're uh, preparing for our second lesson. Do you feel that the wrath of God that's predicted in Revelations is the result of what's taking place with human behavior, or do you feel it's just a destined moment and it just happens to coincide with right now? Uh, what's your question again? Sure. Do you think that what we're seeing with the end of days or what's predicted in Revelations is that happening because of the result of mankind and its behavior? Or do you feel that it's just a coincidence that this is happening right now? That what's really happening is God said he was gonna, he was gonna, there, there would be a second coming. And this just happens to be the time he's decided to, to uh, launch the second coming. Right. right. One thing about God versus man, God is very particular and very precise about times. And he uses a lot of numbers and dates and times. And, I, you know, a lot of people will call them coincidences. But during our studies, during the course of this uh, year, Brother Rob, you've seen quite a few dates of significant events that not only happen... Yeah due to something mankind was doing that was huge at that time, but it coincided with either blood moons or tetrads or something going on in second heaven, in other words. And if you think about how space works and how certain things have to be at a certain time in a certain place, and you're dealing with hundreds of billions of objects in space that are falling on certain Jewish feasts and festivals and customs and different time periods, then you know that it's not coincidence. It's not just something that's just occurring. You, you can obviously see that there's a significant timeline that's ticking that has been ticking from the uh, moment of Adam and Eve being in the garden and their first sin. And if you, you know, we, we did a study I think we did one talking about the Bereshit prophecy and in the beginning, when God said in the beginning, that opened up a whole, uh, in Hebrew, a whole Bible study full of information about what's going to happen in the end days. So at the very beginning, God was talking about the end. And all throughout the Old Testament, he was setting us up for everything that's going to happen in the New Testament. So the Old Testament was about the, the receiving and the world being prepared for uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, arriving on this planet. And the second, uh, the New Testament, excuse me, the New Testament is all about him being here, his mission while he was here, 
and prepping the world for when he's going to come back. So that okay. I'm not sure if that's the answer. The yeah, that definitely uh, answers it. Yep. So what are we uh, starting with today? Um, can you see my screen? I can see your screen. Okay. So as always, listener and brother Rob, I always have some lead in scriptures because we're we are a Bible based um, group. I know, you know, we use a lot of other things to help deliver uh, the word of God, but we are a Bible-based group and everything we talk about is straight from the word. So we always have scriptures because, you know, this is what we do. So Luke 12, 53 says they will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Now, I don't think they're talking about a friendly game of uh, Scrabble or um, Pictionary or one of these other board games. This is obviously some high-end, serious mortal threats being done here or harm. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you agree with that, uh, Brother Rob? Yeah, and definitely um, beyond the normal tension that you would see with these relationships. Amen. And this is Luke. Luke is, you know, um, feeding into revelations. And it's it's a lot of books of the Bible, uh, Matthew, Thessalonians, Mark, you know, Ephesians, you name it. There's quite a few books of the Bible that talks about uh, end time prophecies. Because the, the men who wrote, um, I, think, uh, I think the Apostle Paul wrote Revelations or, and John. John had visions of it, but I think the Apostle Paul wrote most of it. But these men who were writing these books, um, they may have been writing different books at different times, but everything is related. So the next one is Matthew 10, 21. Brother will deliver brother over to death and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. Whoa. Now, the last one you may have said, maybe they're talking about Parcheesi or something or chess or checkers. This next, you know, Matthew 10, 21 hits the nail on the head. There's no mistaking what is being said. It's basically saying that there's going to be a lot of people turning in a lot of people that they claim they once loved and having them put to death. So that means, one, there's an executioner. And two, there is something so evil and sinister going on in the world that people feel it's going to be necessary to have neighbors, family, and friends put to death. Now, that tells me right there, just on this one scripture alone, Matthew 10, 21, that there has to be some sort of system in place that all mankind that's on this planet is going to have to abide by. So you're going to be basically um, get put into two groups. You're going to abide by their rules, whoever has those rules. And obviously those rules are sinister. They're talking about turning in people to put them to death. And then the other side of that is, obviously there's going to be people who are not going to buy into any of that system or scenario, a way of life or a doctrine or whatever is being forced upon us. 
And obviously those people are God's people who are still here on this planet. So that's, that's an interesting thought. So keep that thought in mind. We're going to circle back to that whole premise, right? Uh, Brother Rob, read uh, the next two, please. Uh, starting with Thessalonians? Matthew, or starting with Matthew 24 okay. and then read First Thessalonians. Okay, just double checking that. Uh, Matthew 24, 7 is uh, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places and saying alas alas that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls and should i read the second one as well right now well, or wait? Stop, stop there so yeah. for nation will rise against nation so we have transversed from you know your people in your family to entire nations and kingdoms rising against each other. And on top of that is saying that there would be great famines and earthquakes in various places. So, you know, people say, well, we had World War I, we had World War II. We did a study uh, listener that talked about some of the most horrendous and hideous wars known to mankind. Since man has been on this planet, we've been constantly fighting each other. And that's never has changed. But what they're talking about here is something unique that is going to happen on this planet at an unprecedented scale that's going to kill more people than any other time in the history of mankind. If you don't believe me, go read it in Revelations for yourself. Go read it in Ezekiel and other scriptures is right there in the word that, you know, a lot of people are going to die. So go ahead. First Thessalonians 5.3. Okay. Uh, while people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. And that's, that's huge too. We're going to circle back around to that scripture a little bit later in the lesson as far as the significance of that. Because there's, you know, there's two. Well, I'm gonna read the question. The question that I wrote is what were the apostles prophesying about when they wrote about such tumultuous, perilous times? What, what do you think, uh, Brother Rob? I know it's kind of challenging to get inside their head in terms of, uh, you know, what they are. I shouldn't say get inside their head, but it's. It's very hard to interpret because a lot of it's very symbolic and it's very specific, which is interesting. Usually uh, the Bible uses a lot of parables or metaphors to help us understand what's going on. But their particular descriptions are, uh, I think they're so specific. They're very, there's so many different interpretations you can, uh, you can inject into what they wrote. So to me, I've always thought that Revelations was just a very specific big picture of what is the goal of a Christian, that if you do the things that you're supposed to do, you're going to avoid the specific things that are mentioned in terms of how people will be punished or how they will be evaluated or um, what will happen to the earth and everything we know of in terms of the universe when these times come. So it's uh to me it was it's always basically been that they're trying to give you the motivation to be a christian by showing you how things end up 
where you're going to be if you do follow what's going on. So that to me is what um, they're prophesizing about when they wrote those, when they wrote Revelations. Amen. And the, the cool thing about Revelations, it, you know, the very first line, it said, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it tells yeah. you right there is Revelation is all about the return of Christ, because in Revelations, he has already uh, he has already been crucified. He rose in three days and he already ascended into heaven and sit at the right hand of God. He has already done those things. So the revelations obviously is talking about his return to come back to get his church, his bride, his people. And what's going to be left after he gets his people is everybody else that's going to fall under God's wrath. And you have to understand one thing about God, listener. And I know we like to dissect and, you know, sort of crunch God and his power and his magnificence and his holiness and his perfection and everything that he is is magnificent and amazing. And to our puny understanding of what a God should be or is. And, you know, when I listen to people say, you know, I have this problem and, you know, you may have a, a Christian come along or your pastor or your sibling or family member that says, well, give it to God, pray and give it to God. And you hear people say, oh, God can't cure this or God can't do that. and God can't control anything and he doesn't care. And, da, da, da. and I'm going, you have no idea. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> the power and the magnificence that God has. And he's going to come back and show it in such a way that no man alive at the time will be able to say beyond any shadow of a doubt that God is not powerful. It even says in Revelations that when God starts kicking things off himself, that people who are not of him are going to go hide in caves underneath rocks. They're going to be trying to get away from God because they're going to know, you know, when it, when it says things like in Revelation that the whole earth is going to wobble like a drunken man. Whoa. That's some scary stuff. The whole earth. We're not talking about a little tiny earthquake. It also says that everything on this planet, every building, bridge, whatever, is going to be shaken down into rubble. You know what kind of earthquake you have to have to shake every building down to rubble? That's amazing. It said every mountain will topple. The biggest mountain in the world is what? Mount Everest? At 20, close to 25,000 and change, I think, somewhere around there. Mount Everest is going to fall into rumble. You know what kind of magnificent earthquake you have to have to destroy Mount Everest? But God is going to do that because he said he would. So that's some scary stuff. So you're absolutely right, uh, Brother Rob. I like what you had to say about that because these are the things we as believers are supposed to be doing. Our job is to prepare the world for what is about to happen and to spread God's good news. And hopefully some people will believe us and take heed of this. So if this lesson, these two, uh, this two part lesson scares you, listener, then it's a possibility that you're not right with God and you need to get yourself right. Um, it's very disheartening when, when we were putting together these these lessons. It's very disheartening 
to put it together. It's, it's tough to even give the information, but hallelujah, it's the right thing to do because God said it is, and God put us in motion on this, so we're going to do it to close out the year. Um, moving forward, there's a new world order. So the new world order is one of the bad guys that's going to react and take over because here's the thing. By 2030 to 2050, we're not going to be able to feed, clothe, house, have enough water, food, basically your basic needs. We will not be able to secure those things, including your safety, between 2030 and 2050. And the people in this world who are running this world, those filthy rich people who are in charge of this world, don't want to lose control, right? Because they, as long as we're here showing up at our jobs, eating our cheese sandwich on our lunch breaks and paying taxes, they're continuing to get filthy rich. So they want as much order as possible. That's why their agenda is called the New World Order. And the mindset behind the New World Order is to have one people, one religion, one money, one viewpoint. So their, you know, their philosophy is if we all come together as one and embrace each other in a way that they want you to embrace each other. And we're going to discuss that here in a few seconds here as to what they're proposing, the NWO New World Order. And what's interesting is this article that I found, Brother Rob, is called The New World Order, the 2030 Agenda. And it's kind of interesting that the the New World Order 2030 agenda, which was put together, uh, we'll discuss when, but it wasn't just yesterday or a year ago. It's been, you know, quite some time since they put it together. They put a timeline of their agenda being 2030, which coincides to when the wheels start falling off the wagon in this world, even though it already has started falling off. So if, if, if the world is a, is a little red wagon with four wheels, Brother Rob, I think we were on like one wheel trying to balance everything <laughs> with, with three out of four screws being missing. <laughs> we're just sort of teetering and tottering around. So New World Order, the 2030 Agenda. This is an article I found by um, Christian Israel that uh, was posted on August 23rd, 2021. So it's a very recent article. So Brother Rob, I'll let you read the first paragraph to get us going there. Okay. After World War II ended, a group of individuals met under the auspices of the United World Federalists in Montreux, Switzerland, to draft a comprehensive plan for a world government. They stated unequivocally that they considered the United Nations powerless to stop the drift of war. They believed that the establishment of a world federal government would be the only way to bring peace to our world. So there you have it, right after World War II which was one of the worst, it was the worst war in the history of this world at that point was World War II. So I can understand why some rich, powerful people come together and say, hey, we can't have any more of this. So up front, it appears that their agenda was a noble one, but it quickly gets uh, taken to a whole nother level, not so noble. So the next uh, paragraph here is a proposal for international control. The UWF, which is the United World Federalists, projected a three-branch government. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? The same as that proposed by uh, Charles Louis de Montesquieu 
in the 18th century, legislative, judicial, and executive. Of course, we have that same government implemented here in the US uh, in its constitution. However, their three branches would be a uh, supranational and would be uh, over the three branches of the USA, just as our federal government in various areas is over the three branches found in our states. So their three branches proposed by the UWF would supersede all other governments' branches of their government. So this one governing body basically is gonna be telling every other country under that doctrine or whatever they're doing, basically what to do. Brother Rob, you can take the next uh, paragraph there, the New World Order okay. Agenda. Almost 70 years later in 2015, the UN published a document of almost 15,000 words entitled Transforming Our World, the 2030, excuse me, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. This document is a stream of consciousness of pious platitudes about meeting 17 sustainable developmental goals and thereby meeting the most pressing necessities of humanity. And listen, if you want to know what those are, I suggest you uh, go on to that article and um, you can read what the 17 sustainable development goals are for yourself. And I read a few of them and they, they obviously are very noble. I think about five or six of them has to do with the climate and how we could deal with climate change and things of that nature. But what's so interesting, Brother Rob, about climate change that there are still countries right now that refuse to get on board with anything that has to do with stabilizing our ozone layer and other cl um, climate issues that we're having that are gonna be very detrimental to mankind being on this planet. And they refuse to even hear it. They don't even want to have nothing to do with it. And they don't believe anything is happening because they go outside every day and there's sunshine and the breezes on their face and everything is great. So it's, it's kind of interesting how lost some people really are already. The next paragraph said, a woman rides the beast. Spearheading the agenda forward was Pope Francis. And that was that uh, 2015 time period, the head of the Roman Catholic Church, Pope Francis, he assembled in the uh, assembled in the UN headquarters in New York for the largest assembly of national representatives ever gathered in one place. Pope Francis appealed to the assemblies to move forward. The national representatives each received a copy of the Laudato Si the legally binding document of the Catholic Church's canon law. I'm not sure what's in that, but I had heard years ago, before I knew anything about this, that Pope Francis was involved with the New World Order and sat down and basically they finished their doctrine as to what they're going to do to take over the world. So it further reads, in the document, it stresses the need to think of one, one world with a common plan where it states the need for the management of the global economy. There is urgent need of a true world political authority. So they're talking about one government, one money, one people, one religion, one everything. And even right now, as we speak, 
the Pope is trying to push the agenda because of COVID of taking the so-called Holy Day Sunday and pushing the agenda that, hey, if you want your COVID numbers to go down, then Sunday should be a world day of rest for everyone. Doesn't matter what your religion is, it should be a world day of rest for all the people all over the globe. So they're already trying to push that agenda already. And if you know anything about your Bible, the holy day, and for all you church going people on Sunday, shame on you if you don't know this, I get it. You all want to assemble, whether you assemble on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't think God really cares. But what he does care about is this. When he says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, the Sabbath is not Sunday. I'm sorry, it's not. And for all of you people who don't want to believe that, you need to go into your word and study that for yourself. I'm not going to go into that right now because we have enough to cover in this lesson as is. But Sunday is not the Sabbath. All right, so we're going to be approaching political tyranny eventually, and we're going to finish the reading first, and then we'll discover as to why it's going to happen. So, uh, Brother Rob, I'll let you read the next paragraph, please. This agenda is indeed an agenda for the new world government by 2030. It is a shrewd alternative to the Montreal document in 1947. Lacking a full-fledged taxation system and lacking a standing military, it might seem to fall short of the United World Federalist concept. Yet this soft first stage of government being enacted will lead to a more apparent prophetic enforcement of power against the sons of God. Okay, keep going. It is evident that this new world order will be about upholding the moral law within a Catholic context. This fits the picture perfectly of the vision shown to John in the 17th chapter of Revelation. The woman clothed in scarlet, purple, fine linen, and having a golden cup in her hand, all symbolic of the Catholic church, is represented as a harlot woman who committed lewd acts of fornication with sovereign lawmakers of the earth. So another way of calling the harlot woman is also um, the whore of Babylon. I'm sure there are people you've heard of that. So the whore of Babylon, and it do gives you the colors right here, is the Catholic Church. Is the Catholic Church. And not only is it the Catholic Church, it's also everybody that's part of this new world order. So the great whore of Babylon is specifically talking about the Catholic Church. But when it says Babylon the Great, it's talking about the whole UN system and anybody else that's outside the UN that is part of this new world order structure that is going to be, you know, trying to take over the world. And they've been at it for quite some time. And there was a, there's a lot of things that's been going on in the world, uh, especially in 2015 forward, because one of the things Satan does, he, he's not, he doesn't do anything that's original. Everything he does is in a reaction to something that God has going on. So whenever he see God ramping up something over here that God is going to do, then he runs and tries to 
how do they say in the movies, cut it off at the pass because he doesn't want it to come to fruition. He doesn't want God to save people. He doesn't want God's word to get out. He wants to rule. He wants to reign. He wants to be bigger than God, better than God. I'm going to show you how to do it uh, better than God. But because he's not God, everything he does is reactionary. So the 2030 New World Government Doctrine is in response to what Satan is seeing occur, that because of the industrial age, and that's what we discussed last week, and how after the industrial age occurred, and in the eight, it was a 19th century, we already had about a billion people on this planet. In the next, um, I would say 150 years, we've grown to the point where we went from 1 billion to where are we at now? Seven or 8 billion people on this planet? Uh, 7 billion. And we're, yeah, and we're predicted by 2030 to 2050 to hit 10 to 12 billion. And when we get to those astronomical numbers, uh, listener, I'm telling you, if the earth is already having issues sustaining what we have now, there's, there's more famine, erosion, you know, you name it, more pestilence, more disease. It's a lot of stuff going on. And it's only going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. The ozone layer is breaking up. You got all the um, glaciers melting around the, the poles. It's it's going to get crazy, and it's it's global warming at its best or at its worst, because it's going to be unlike anything that has ever occurred on this planet. So they know that they have to wrestle some sort of control because as man starts to see more and more of these things occurring. I mean, let's, let's, think, let's think about something for a minute, Brother Rob. COVID came out in, in January, February of 2020. And we've been doing this for almost two years now. And after two years and probably, what, 800,000 people dying in the world? Let's round it up yeah. conservatively and say a million. This is say a million. Because a million out of a, a seven billion is not a big number, right? So we had a million people die. And I'm not trying to make that number significantly uh, outlandish by saying it's not important. Because, listener, I'm telling you, Brother Rob already knows I lost my mother to COVID and two other relatives to COVID. So I am not belittling the importance of COVID. Every death was a death that somebody, some family felt. So God be with you all. I'm sorry for your loss. Um, but COVID hit, we lost a million people. And look at what, is, what has happened to the world. Everything is going up. Uh, price of milk is more expensive. Eggs is more expensive. Gas, you can't, I mean, people are paying 20, 30% over book on a car because they're fighting and the dealer knows it, that they have shortages of cars. So they're charging more money to make more money to offset the fact that they have less cars on their lots because they have to feed their family too. People are paying 20, 30, 40% more for a house than what it's worth. It's gone crazy. It really is. Things are starting to, we're starting to lose our grip on the normalcy that we're used to. There's, you know, certain things are becoming pastimes. Going to a movie theater. Remember the day you used to pack everybody into a movie theater? 
Now I don't even know how they stay open. I was talking to my coworker and she was telling me, oh, this is what they're doing. They're spacing here, they're doing this. If you're with your family member, you're here and they're gonna leave so many chairs, but they only make money. They make the most money off of concessions. So unless people are showing up buying three, four bins of, of popcorn and hot dogs and, and all their trimmings and taking it back home to watch their own television, which we know they're not doing, even though I love, I love their popcorn. So every now and then we'll go buy a bin of popcorn from the movie theater, take it back home and watch our own movie. But most people aren't doing that. So a lot of the things that we were doing in a quote unquote, our version of a normal society is now starting to go away. And you're gonna to start to see, listener, I'm telling you this now, you're gonna see the fabric of our society start to unravel. Look at politics. There was a day and age, right, Brother Rob, where a politician wouldn't say or do certain things. Why? Because it was considered unladylike and ungentlemanlike to do certain things. Now, notwithstanding the fact that all politicians lie, I believe they all lie, all of them, but it has been taken to a whole new level of the things they will say and do. And this is one of the things I love to hear Brother Rob talk about. So I'm about to get out of his way in a few seconds and let him expand on some of that because he, he's in the newspaper business. So his viewpoint and what he sees because of his job is much way beyond my scope because I'm, in, I'm a scientist. So I don't spend a whole lot of time looking and thinking about politicians. I, I, I just think they, they have some very bizarre behaviors, all of them. Republican, Democrat alike, to me, they're the same beast. And they're all part of this new world order. So what, what do you see happening in the world, Brother Rob, when it comes to things like politics? These are our world leaders. What do you, what do you see happening? No, I think it, you can compare it to what you're seeing with the passages we read earlier, where you were seeing the relationships that were conducted in a normal way between people and their relatives being taken to extremes and almost to the point of not being recognizable. And it's similar with politicians now, where there used to be a code of conduct that politicians were held to. And if you did not adhere yourself to that code of conduct, you were not going to be elected. And that now has been flipped on its side. And basically anyone today is being elected to the most powerful positions in the world, let alone our country. So you're seeing a similar thing where the relationship between a politician and the voter is different, where the voter has no standards for the type of person that's being elected in terms of their character. And you see that strongly mirrored with the passages that we read earlier, where people who have very strong bonds to each other as family members uh, treat each other like strangers. Amen. Amen. And there's a term for that the Bible uses very specifically. It's called lawlessness. We are okay. starting to embrace lawlessness where people, yes, feel, if you notice this, it's almost like a football game, right? You have two teams on the field. 
They're both dressed the same. They both got on pads. They both got big guys, scary guys, muscles, helmets, the whole nine. They both have quarterbacks. They both have running backs, the whole thing, defense, offense. So what's the difference between the two teams? And I, I feel that's what's happening in the world leadership today, especially in America. I'm just going to take America since we live in America. You have both sides wrapping themselves in the American flag, picking up their Bibles and saying, we are true patriots that love God. So what we're saying is right. And both sides are saying the same thing. So who is right? Who is right? Now, I will say this, and I'll let you take it for whatever you want to do with this information I'm about to tell you. This is just my opinion. When the worst of the two groups is always the one that's putting the other one down. Because here's the thing, listener. If you truly believe something, you are at peace with it, and you don't care what anybody has to say about it. You truly are. So if you're all up in arms and you're ready to go out and shoot people and run around with all doing all some of the horrendous stuff we're seeing happening in this country, then tr are you a true believer in what you're saying? You know, I had a um, a friend of mine that was telling me he went to a uh, uh, like an outdoor barbecue sort of thing over the summer or dinner or whatever. And he was told when he got there, don't tell these two people here who were, you know, older, who was hosting the party that you got your vaccine because they're going to chew you out and up and down because they're anti-vaxxers. And, you know, the thing I told him, because he's a Christian, too, I said, well, whether you got the vaccine or you didn't, whether you feel it work or it doesn't. What difference does it make? You believe what you believe. If you what you believe you're so comfortable with, why is there a need to bash somebody who don't share your beliefs? Right? Yeah. That's because you're not okay. comfortable with your station. You really aren't. You're not comfortable with your station. You know, my one of my mentors told me something. And this is he's and he, I, there's a psychology term associated with this. He said people who are highly intelligent, who know a whole lot, are, the, are usually the people who have very little to say in the public eye as far as scrutiny is concerned. But he said people who are not that intelligent, who know very little, always want to have a lot to say because it's yeah, like, you're <laughs> right, you're making up for what yeah. you don't have. So you always got to be putting other people down to make yourself feel more hurt, more prominent, more powerful, etc. And we can look back in the last 10 to 15 years and see all the examples in this country alone of what certain groups of people have been doing. And you know what, listener, this is all sides of this country what we've been doing. And I'm not trying to paint no picture of one group being more horrendous than the next, but the evidence and what has been happening in this country speaks for itself. So you could take that however you wish, and that's it. But Revelation, going back to this article, Revelation speaks of the height of this power as being amongst 10 worldwide authorities kings that are united in their purpose of fulfilling the satanic agenda of a one 
world government under the harlot woman who rides and directs the kingdoms of the earth. I'm pausing for a reason because I'm about to unlock my son's iPad here. Okay. I only can give you 15 minutes because it's 840. Okay. Son? All right. Well, but I already told you. I already. It doesn't matter. You'll bank the time until you can use it. We don't extend your bedtime just so you can have electronics. You know, we don't do that. Okay. Besides, you were doing that little game earlier thing you were doing. Okay. Sorry about that. Normally, I mute it when I'm talking to him, but <laughs> no problem. So, I'm going to continue reading. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. That's Revelation 17 13. We are told that she will make all nations drunk with the wine of the wrath of her fornication. That's Revelation 18.3. And indeed, this is what the 2030 Agenda does precisely. It is a globally centralized authority being led out by the Catholic Church. One of these sustainable goals is the empowerment of women. And prophetically, the Catholic Church is described in exactly this manner. Truly, it is a woman riding the beast ushering in the new world order. And if you, the first half of what I read, these have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So listener, there are two different systems of power in the last days before God puts his wrath upon this earth that's going to exist. A lot of people feel that the new world order and the beast system are the same entity. And I've heard so many pastors talk about it that way, but it's not. There are two totally different systems. Now, the new world order, those men and women who are running countries that are affiliated with the new world order, and that's most of your world leaders of the free world, you know, a lot of them, like we just said, wrap themselves up in their flags and pick up their Bibles or whatever they believe in and claim themselves to be holy men and women. But they truly aren't. They are lukewarm Christians or or believers in whatever they believe or not at all. They hide behind words like honesty and integrity and love. But if you look at their works, that's why the Bible specifically talk about their works. When you look at their works then you know that they're liars, they're cheats. You know, that it's almost like that person, uh, Brother Rob, who um, gets up every Sunday and puts on a clean suit and goes to church with their Bible and hallelujah, praise the Lord and blah, blah, blah. But that previously Saturday night, they were in a club, <laughs> in a strip club, <laughs> dancing and having a good time and, and, and doing dastardly things. And that's what we're seeing right. in the world today is, you know, is do as I say and not as I do, right? Everything goes, every man for himself. And that's part of that free thinking, earth and energy and 
everything is good and how can you be a bad and this this is the lies that satan sells to societies and he's he's reeling us in hook line and sinker you're not a bad person you never hurt anyone you pay your taxes you're a nice person you you say hi to your neighbors you know you're not out commit major crime so how can you be a bad person but we we've said this so many times listener on so many lessons god is so perfect and holy that god's definition of good will always far exceed our definition of good and so you can't boast or claim you've done anything you cannot get into god's good graces on any physical thing that you do your heart has to be made pure by believing in him and following his doctrine that is the only way you're going to be counted as one of his so let's stop all this nonsense of trying to take the Bible and the word of God and interpret it and twist it into whatever you want it to be. Because trust me, the new world order and the beast system has already done that. Don't think for a minute, Satan, that we don't understand what you're doing. Because see, listeners, Satan will take the word of God and twist it all around. And he'll take whatever God says. And, and, and here's an example. You know, committing adultery is a bad thing in God's eyes. It is a sin. But Satan has twisted it around to, well, it ain't that bad because if your wife is into it as well, you guys can go to one of these husband-wife swapping things and y'all can have a good time and your marriage will become even stronger by doing that. Lie, 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 lie. <laughs> lie 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 no 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 we could we could do two or three lessons behind some of the things that god says and what satan has twisted into whatever he wants it to be and has sold the world a bill of goods on this but let me let you understand one thing world listener everything that you we're doing that's not right with god will be counted against us the bible says if you're guilty of just one sin you're guilty of all of them so you need to make yourself clean as snow with the blood of Jesus on you by every day getting up and repledging yourself to God every day. You should be on your face every day asking God to forgive you at every possible moment for anything you've done, past, present, future, and stay in a praying spirit because this thing is going to go down pretty fast. If 2030 is their agenda, for when they're going to do a lot of the things that they're going to be doing. Where, where are we at now? 20, we might as well say 2022. That's eight years away. We're not talking 50, 100, 2000, when these things were first prophesied more than 2000 years ago. These things are occurring in the, inside the next 10 years. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what else will. But there is... Uh, there is a seed, a big seed of hope in all of this. There's light at the end of the tunnel. But before we talk about that, let's um, read the, another scripture here. I have Revelation 18, 17 through 19. Uh, before we read it, though, Brother Rob, you want to uh, comment on anything we were just talking about? Um, no, I think you, you kind of well explained it. 
I don't think there's too much to add to uh, what you articulated. I mean, only it's just been interesting to see, uh, you know, what will things look like? And, you know, like I said before, there's so many things that are up for interpretation because there's so many things that are specific in Revelation. So um, there's a lot to chew on when you're looking at Revelations and trying to interpret it through today's lens, um, using today's actions and uh, events that are taking place. Well, now we're going to read some scriptures that's going to prove to you that the B system and the New World Order system is two different things. And God's wrath coincides with the rise of the B system. See? So go ahead and read Revelation uh, 17 through 19, and Brother Robin will discuss why. Okay. Uh, Revelations 18, 17 through 19, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the companies and ships and sailors, and as many as trade by sea, stood afar off, and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city, wherein were made rich all the that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness for in one hour she is made desolate so listener i want you to understand thank you brother rob one thing here when they're talking about city they're not talking about los angeles you know they're not talking about rio de janeiro what they're talking about is the whole beast well excuse me whole new world order system. The whole new world order system is going to be destroyed in one hour. So I asked the question, why does God need an hour to destroy the new world order system? What do you think, Brother Rob? You know, I think it's more left on the writer of Revelations. You know, I think that, uh, you know, it's about the language that they're using. You know, sometimes I don't take it very literally. But because, uh, you know, within with God, he can take whatever time he would need to destroy it. But there might be some symbolism in that hour as well. So, you know, I'm kind of at a loss for why it would be one hour. Well, what is basically saying and you're absolutely right. It doesn't necessarily mean 60 minutes. What it means is there's going to be a period of time. Now, here's the thought, though. Let's use psychology 101 here. Does God need more than a minute to destroy anything? No. No. So the fact no. that it's going to take more than a minute, because if it was going to take a minute, it would have said in one minute. It said one right. hour because, in other words, it's reference to, and Brother Rob is right, it's referencing to the fact that it's going to take a period of time. So why would God use a period of time? Because God is allowing the beast system to destroy the new world order system. So there's your proof. There's your smoking gun that there's two different systems at play here. The new world order system is in effect right now. And some of these people in the new world order system, nations, leaders that are part of this process are essentially, they don't know this, some of them do. Some of them are Luciferians. Some of them are devil worshipers. Some of them just have, have never given their life to God. So God said, if you don't stand for me, you obviously stand against me. And some of them are true believers 
who are trying to do the right thing. I'm not taking away from any true believer in the word of God who just happened to be a politician because there are some good God-fearing people who are in politics. So don't, you know, let's get that out there. But the whole system, the new world order system is going to be destroyed in a period of time that God is going to allow by the beast system because Satan is going to take over at this time and he's going to convince the whole world that the man of perdition is the son of God and you all need to bow to the son of God and trust me, he's going to be doing his little magic tricks. That's what I like to call a little cheap back garden magic tricks you know you you know you get that little magic kit brother rob that you could buy yourself on amazon that has you know 30 40 tricks you can learn and they're sort of cheesy but your your seven-year-old likes them yeah right those are the sort of tricks satan is going to be doing but the world is going to buy agnosium why because think about it listener when you're hungry enough when you are afraid enough, when you don't feel safe enough, you're going to believe what anybody is telling you that is going to make you feel safe, going to give you water, it's going to give you food. And it's going to become a time if you don't take the mark of the beast, you will not be able to eat, drink, trade, live worship do anything and trust me when i say worship you're not gonna be worshiping the lord thy god you're not gonna be worshiping worshiping um elohim you're not gonna be worshiping jesus christ yeshua hamashiach you're gonna be worshiping worship the beast they're gonna tell you because bibles they're gonna do away with bibles they're gonna have their own doctrine their own system remember god uh, the devil mocks and scoffs at everything that God does that's pure and holy. So if we have a Bible, they're going to have their Bible version of the Bible. They already got them out now. People who take taking the Bible and reworded it to <laughs> whatever they want to believe. And they put this crap out here and people are believing it and going around spreading false doctrine. So the second beast they're talking about in, in Revelation 13. The second beast in Revelation 13 will arrive on the earth at the same time as the first beast. So the first beast is talking about the new world order. The two beasts will come together and they will work together. And it says in Revelation 13, 11 and 12, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And the deadly wound that was healed is talking about, um, if I'm not mistaken, it's talking about uh, a European nation that was, was wounded and now healed. And I, I studied that in the past, too. So the characteristics of the second beast, two horns, like a lamb, speaks like a dragon, exercises authority in the presence of the first beast, 
and forces those who dwell on the earth to worship the first beast. The second beast has two horns. Go ahead and read that uh, paragraph, um, Brother Rob. The second beast in Revelations 13 has two horns. These two horns represent two of Satan's demons. These two demons will appear to be gentle and harmless, like a lamb, but they will speak the words of Satan, who is the dragon. These two demons will be continually in the presence of the beast. Their goal and objective is to force every person on earth to worship the first beast. This first beast is Satan, claiming that he is God. Amen. And this is from an article by uh, Nora at markbeast.com. Her name is Nora Roth. And it's a, it's a very interesting article. Go read this article. It goes into great detail as far as the two horns, who they are. And she speculates that the two horns are actually um, Satan's version of two saints from the Bible that we know, whether it be um, Elijah, who was swept away in a fiery chariot in Ezekiel, or it could be Moses, it could be Job. It's, it's going to be two saints that are going to come back. Apparently, they're going to come back from wherever they were at and start doing all these amazing miracles. They're going to be changing weather, striking people down. They're going to be doing all this crazy stuff in the name of God. But the God they're going to be doing it for is the God of this world. It's, it's the man of great perdition. It's the evil one. And they're going to use their power and influence to fool a lot of people. A lot of people are going to think that that is saints from the Bible. And the man of perdition, the evil one, is going to stand in the holy temple and declare himself as God. And it says in the word in Revelation that to end the war, and it's going to be a great war and strife at the time. We're talking about probably World War III. And a lot of people are going to be dying in World War III, more than even in World War II. They're going to sign that peace treaty. Israel's going to sign first and everybody else right behind them. Gotcha. And once everybody else signs behind them, I think that's when God is going to destroy the NWO in that time period. He's going to allow the beast to do it because he don't want the, Think about it this way. Satan don't want anybody that's not believing in him in any position of power. So remember I just mentioned those um, politicians who are sort of in the middle. And then you got politicians who are believers of God, right? He's going to have them, those two groups of people removed from office and beheaded, killed, whatever he could do to get rid of them. Because they're going to, have that moment of clarity. Trust me, a lot of these politicians, right, here, here's what I'm thinking, Brother Rob, this is, this is going to be interesting. Some of these politicians right now that are running around spreading false doctrine and lies and, you know, like some of the ones who are calling, uh, let me give you an example, that, that, that would say that um, handicapped people are morons. And I'm not going to mention any names. I got a feeling those type of people are going to get on their knees and be crying out to God and the beast system is going to have them taken out and beheaded. Because you either, you either serve, hey, we're going to get to the point in society and the line is blurred right now in society's mm -hmm. eyes. In God's eyes, the line is always there, either for him or against him. But sooner right. or later, that line is going to be become less blurred in the world 
Meaning you either for Satan or you're for God. And if you're for God, they're going to take you out and kill you. So any believer, if you if you love God that much and you're willing to stand there and profess that he is the great I am, he is the Alpha and the Omega, he is the Lord thy God, and you're willing to die for your belief, then God bless you. Most people are going to be hiding because they're going to have full reign over everything. If that's not scary, they're going to, I mean, think about it. Mark of the beast. They're telling you where to go and when to do it. They're going to have a technology where they can read your thoughts, program your thoughts. That's why circling back to those earlier scriptures where it says, you know, son killing daughter or son killing father and mother killing daughter. What do you think that was referring to? What do you think that was referring to? There's going to become a time when the technology that they're going to be using on you inside your body is going to make you lose your mind. And they're going to be telling people to go kill people wholesale. It's going to be like that one stupid movie. They made quite a few of them. I never watched any of them. What is it called? The Purge or some crap like that, where on a certain day it's okay to go out and just kill whoever you want to kill. Dumbest movies I've ever seen outside that stupid show, Lucifer. So, <laughs> but that's going to be the, the monarch of their belief system. If you don't believe in what they believe, take them out back and deal with them. So that's, that's just the way it's going to be. And you already got people who are already thinking along those lines now. You go to a peace, peaceful protest and you look over and it's a group of people standing there with guns. Oh, I'm a big, tough guy. Look at me. Ha, ha, ha. I got my gun. You got your speech. I got my gun. I'm just letting you know I'm here. So if things get out of hand, I'm going to deal with you. Yeah, right. You look so tough because you got to You think you're something special because you got an AR-15 or Mossberg or whatever crap you're carrying. Your guns don't mean anything. What's going to happen when you get to the point where you, you know, you don't have any more bullets? What are you going to do then? Are you going to be able to shoot Yeshua when he comes out of the clouds? Not like the, the, the lamb, like the lion with the great shout. And when he comes in terra firma on this planet, what are you going to do then? The Bible already says what you're going to do. It says you're going to go hide in caves under rocks. You're going to be begging to die, but it's not going to happen because he's not going to allow it because you're going to be here to feel his father's wrath. So get yourself right and quit all this nonsense about you can't feel good about yourself unless you're going out buying up all these guns and ammunition and digging holes in your backyard thinking you're going to hide. Oh, we don't mess up the earth. So let's get on a, a spaceship and go to Mars so we can mess that up, too. I ain't never seen so many lost and stupid people. In my life. <laughs> Lord, have mercy on all of us. I, I tell you what, it, it's just crazy what people will believe that don't believe. Yeah, very interesting times we're seeing. <laughs> very extreme times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So rest assured, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to fear. You don't need no guns. You don't need to worry about anything. Because even if you have to lose your life for Jesus, as soon as you close your eyes, you're going to wake up with him in paradise forever. 
to me, that's worth dying for. I'm willing to die for Jesus because he was willing to live for me and die for me. So if all I have to do is spread his good news and give my life up in the process, I'm going to do it because I'm not taking no mark of the beast. I don't want to be here doing uh, God's wrath. And there's always this debate of a pre-tribulation rapture or mid-rapture. I will say this much. It doesn't seem like there's a post-tribulation rapture because the post-tribulation rapture is God coming back, standing on terra firma um, and taking us all back with him. So it talks about two different periods of time where the elect is not appointed to that hour of wrath. So that tells me when God's wrath hits his planet, there are certain groups of people that are not going to be here. You go look it up for yourself. It's in Revelation, it's in Ezekiel, it's in Thessalonians, it's all over the Bible. You read it for yourself. That'd be some homework for you, listener, over the uh, holiday season. <laughs> um, if you know in your heart is right with God and his grace and not in legalism, you are not to fear, but have confidence in your standing with God. If you have asked God, to search your hearts and you know you are still standing in his grace and you have nothing to fear. But as you see these things coming into place, the things we were just talking about being used by the beast system, you know that the end is very near. And if you go listener, look at our first lesson, listen to our first um, part one, you know what's about what's coming up on this earth in the next eight to uh, 15 years, 20 years. It's, it's some scary, scary stuff. But remember that God, first of all, is your Abba Father. He is our Lord and Savior. He is the great I am. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are not appointed for wrath. You are not meant to be condemned. Stop letting the world tell you. And there's people who are even standing up in the pulpits who are saying that no one is leaving this planet. We're all going to be here for God's wrath. Then that goes against what's in the word. And if one sentence and God's word is not true, then it's all not true. It may have been misinterpreted in some areas because you're translating it from the Torah written in Hebrew to, you know, uh, other translations. So, but the meaning and, and what God really wants us to do is in there. Do not fear of what the evil side can do, but just keep watch as and Paul has called us to do that and remaining the grace of the blood of Jesus by following his commandments. It's a very, very simple thing. All the chips are falling into place, but there is at least one more component to the implementation of the B system. No one can reveal exactly what that is until the appointed time, but trust me, when it shows up, we're, anybody that's still alive at this time period will definitely know what it is. I don't really care. My eyes is focused on Jesus. Remember, believers, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in this world. We're not of this world. So all these little things and gyrations and craziness and all these other things that are going on in the world, because I think everybody knows and if they didn't know, why are people buying more guns? Violence is going up. Panic is starting to ensue. If there's nothing happening but just ordinary everyday things that are going on, 
why are we in this pandemic? Whether it be man-made or natural, we're in it. Why are all these things starting to occur? Why is the weather since the 90s has increased 300% as far as how bad things are getting? If all these things are just cyclic that continues to happen over this planet, why are people freaking out then? Why aren't people just believing what these politicians are telling them? What's happening in space right now? All these rocks are flying past us that they didn't even know were there. Some of them got some good size to them. What's going to happen if we get hit by one of these things? You think it's just a coincidence that President Trump, bless his heart, last year formed the space agency that's really looking at stopping some of these big meteors from hitting this planet? What was he privy to as president that he's not telling the rest of us? You think it's just a coincidence he created this agency, spending hundreds of billions of taxpayers' dollars? No, it's no coincidence. So all you have to do is, you know, it, there was a line from the movie. If you want to know what's going on, follow the rich white man. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? When they start looking at things differently, do you know a lot of rich people are buying up cryptocurrency like crazy? Right? A lot of people don't know that. They're buying up cryptocurrency like crazy. So you think they're doing it just so they can go to a barbecue and tell their friends, oh, I bought a bunch of cryptocurrency. Oh, look what I did. Oh. No, they're doing it because they're preparing for what is about to occur. And what is that? The new world order. When there's one monetary system, it's going to be a cryptocurrency, people. Wake up. Hello. Are you still with me? So let's get ready. And the only best way to get ready is to lean on the Lord thy God, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I will come like a thief in the night. And as swiftly as I have ascended in the same way, I will descend just like my holy angels told Mary. My father in heaven will be sending me soon. It is indeed near time. And the last articles I was reading was uh, March 27, 2019 from Julie A., and she's a prophetic author who was saved in 2011. And she has written uh, six prophetic messages to churches in Kansas and publicly shares on her website, Warrior Princess of God. So go check that out. So with that being said, uh, Brother Rob, did we, did we hit all the targets? <laughs> I think so. I think, you know, what you just uh, finished uh, discussing kind of has a bottom line of basically that if you have faith, you're going to be okay. And I think that that's basically all we can do, you know, just live our lives according to what we believe, what we believe God wants for us. And to, at the end of the day, have faith. It's even in Revelations where there's a theme that's struck where as long as you have faith and you believe that you're in good hands. And I think that's kind of the takeaway of, you know, what we've all, been discussing for these past this episode in the past episode um and even a larger theme is basically not to put your hands into mankind but into god and that seems to be the the big takeaway for our episode so uh, thank you very much for that very in-depth analysis of revelations and your comparative analysis of what's happening today with world events with what's been interpreted what's been published and everything else so i think these things are definitely helpful for, for people who are trying to determine you know what is the best way to live and what are we striving for and we can always use a dose of that especially in these times amen 
And with that said, do you want to uh, lead us out in prayer on this lesson? Absolutely. Um, before I do that, though, listener, mm -hmm. uh, as always, your group here, the Discipleship Bible Study Group, and I say it's your group because it's not just about uh, Brother Rob and myself. We are a Christian-based group that loves spreading the gospel, the God's good news. Uh, we do our podcast mainly out of Podbean. It's a great uh, social network there. We also have uh, our own um, group on Facebook. So just put in Discipleship Bible Study Group in the Facebook group, and you'll see links to all of our uh, Bible studies that we're doing. We're on Amazon Music, Pandora. We have links on Twitter. Uh, we have our Bible studies on iHeartRadio, and I'm pushing things out to YouTube, and we're also on Tumblr. So we're on quite a few different platforms. Come check us out, leave comments, and, you know, let's just praise the Lord and enjoy ourselves. If you are a believer, these, in the midst of crazy times, these are supposed to be happy times. Remember when the apostles uh, were in the uh, upper room after Jesus died, and I'm sure they were heartbroken because Jesus had left them. They were heartbroken originally because he was crucified. And then when he arose and came to them, I'm sure they were on top of the world. But yet he told them, I'm about to ascend. And this is your task. So he left them and they saw him ascend into heaven, which I'm sure was amazing. But I'm sure after, after um, he left, even though they were hopeful and they kept their spirits up, they still weren't quite where he wanted them to be. So I believe it was 10 days later, the Holy Spirit ascended onto all of them and boom, they took off. If I'm not mistaken, every last one of them got, got killed um, because they were out there spreading the good news and every corner of the earth they can get to at that time, they didn't have planes and, and boats, uh, you know, cruise ships they can move very fast in, but they all died for their belief because that's how the world was then. And it's probably 100 to 200 times worse now. So believer, don't get dismayed. God has your back, front, side, whatever you need. The Holy Spirit is with you. So be of good cheer and just continue to spread God's good news. So be very safe during this tumultuous times that we're in right now because COVID is still here. And don't let your guard down. Continue to stay whether you are a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer, stay steadfast that this thing is still out here and it's still trying to take all of us out that it can get its hands on, even though we're talking about just a virus. But um, just, just continue to, if you're a believer, to spread God's good news and love and good cheer. So with that, um, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you once again for allowing us to convene to spread your good news, Father God. I want to thank you, uh, dear Lord, for sending a wonderful, thought-provoking, intelligent vessel like Brother Rob, who always gives us his all and his thought process. And obviously, listening to everything he said during this year of uh, chats we've been having, that he is a true believer in you. He has inspired me, Father God, to be on my best behavior and continue to uh, stay steadfast in, in, in these talks that we've been having. And our, our goal, Father God, and we thank you for tasking us with this, is if we get one person saved with these Bible studies that we're doing, Father God, then we know we've done a good thing. But yet, dear Lord, we're hungry. We want more. So we're going to do more in 2022. So be 
the wind behind ourselves to lift us even higher, to gain a better audience, to spread more of your truth and doctrine, Father God. So watch over us, watch over our families as we uh, go through the holiday season here. We love you, Father God, and we thank you for all things great and small. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, amen and amen. Amen. And thank you, listener, for joining us for another great episode of Discipleship Bible Study Group, RDBSG, where we explore a range of topics, as you have just seen, uh, that touch us both personally as well as uh, internationally. And sometimes you get all of that in one episode, like today. So um, thank you, Brother Fred, for providing us with that lesson. And listener, you know where to find us and listen to us. So please listen, please subscribe, please like. Um, also suggest show ideas to us. You know, there are things that maybe you're interested in hearing about that we could shed some perspective on. So uh, with that said, thank you very much again for joining us. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode. Have a nice day. See you soon.